This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? Family matters. It is that time of the week. It is Family Matters. I'm Beck. I'm here with our lovely producer, Gina. It's been a long time, Gina G. It has been a long time. OG squad in tonight. Yeah, well, last week was such a fun show for our birthday that I completely forgot about until yeah. you and Dave reminded me. Well, you're a, you're a terrible parent to I'm us, a Gina. Tired. Um, Sorry. And we have our new friend, Con, who we let sit in with Dave and I last week, and we didn't scare him off because he's back, so that's good. I'm back. You are I'm, back, Con. Hello, Gina. Hello, Beck. I'm Lovely very excited. To see you both. Yes, good to see you. Yeah. Now, Gina. Yeah. It's a couple of things that are going on. One of them I'm going to talk about later, mm-hmm. which is one of the saddest breakups <gasps> in Australian history. No. Uh-oh. Uh, well, uh, why is it a sad breakup though? It's affected. All it's of affected our all of the children. <laughs> breakups affect children, but the breakup of the yellow and purple wiggle, Gina, is next level. So I'm going to give them some legal advice for the uh, early days of their separation a little bit later. But before that, we have something you're pretty excited about, don't we, Gina? Our special guest. Let's just say I see three of you at the moment, because I haven't slept for two weeks. Well, I've got an answer for you, Gina. Yes. I have Shay Cox, the baby whisperer. Baby whisperer. Mm, That's her full name. Awesome. And she is going to teach us all about sleep. I'm a bit excited, but just before we get into that, you know what? This is a song that kind of reminds me about what I might never, ever have again, which is sleep. I was wondering what you were going to say. You're listening to Family Matters on Joy. You're listening to Family Matters on Joy. I did like that song, Gina. See? That was lovely. It was nice and sleepy. But never, ever. Never, ever. Whatever you want to do. I'm Beck. I'm here with Gina and Con. If you would like to join the conversation, you can SMS us 0427 Joy 949 or email on air at joy.org.au or all the social medias. All of them. Every single one. Yeah, we're on all of them. Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. We don't Snapchat because we've learned from the police some things about that. Stay away. So we're not going to do that. But we do have a very special guest in the studio. Shay Cox is a mother of three young children. Wow, that's impressive in itself. She's learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're a slow learner, Shay. She's often dubbed the baby whisperer by family, friends and colleagues. She's known well for her ability to settle the most unsettled babies. Ooh. Wow. A relax and re- rebalance a child who is having the mother of all tantrums. That sounds very important. Welcome to Family Matters, Shay. Thank you very much for having me. Now, how does one become an expert on sleeping. I think I am one because I sleep all the time, but I assume you have some Clearly professional qualifications. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, obviously, you did mention in my intro that I'm a mother of three, so I've had very many nights of uh, interrupted sleep and suffered a lot of sleep deprivation myself. Uh, but my main reason for getting into uh, sleep consulting was due to family and friends that I saw suffering and um, I, for some reason, I would hold them and they would settle down. I'm like, oh, there's oh. some sort of talent I've got here, so I'm going to explore it a bit further. So that's how I ended up where I am today. 
My goodness. Yes. Shay, you might be coming straight home to my house <laughs> this evening because when you walked in here, we knew you are the sleep whisperer. That, that's kind of your nickname. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so rested and you've got three children. <laughs> so clearly you know what you're doing. But, yes, there's been some research we've been hearing about. Con, do you want to – this is why we've actually brought you in. Yeah, I mean, Baby Sleep Love has sort of revealed us some staggering statistics um, – for example, we know 86% of children under five do not sleep through the night and 40% of mums admit that they haven't had a decent night's sleep since having a baby. Oh, my God. Gosh, I mean, that's a huge amount of people out yeah. there who sort of... Yeah, that's right. Sleep. And I think, um, as you mentioned, Con, like those um, stats are quite alarming. Yeah. Um, and I think... It's not. There's so many factors that come into sleep, and no two children are the same. And I think if we try and parent them the same, and we try and expect the same of them, um, it's an unrealistic goal. So I think it's really important that um, families and parents really need to let go of what they thought parenting would be like, and also let go of what they thought how they thought their children would sleep and really focus on more what they can control and how they can make their baby sleep better or their child sleep better. Because mm. I know when, when I saw the press release, I'm like, ah, oh, I haven't slept in a few weeks. <laughs> and I, I jumped at the opportunity to bring you in. And we've even got, we'll be speaking with Fiona from Chicks Talking Footy, who is, whose son, Jax, is over, Jackson's over a year old now. He's nearly two. Yeah. He's nearly two. Yeah. And they've already just ro- enrolled into sleep school. Mm-hmm. I've got a seven and a half month old. I'm not. I'm not in sleep school yet, yeah. but I'm talking to someone who, for, I kid you not, for the last two two weeks have not slept a wink. So the research was kind of scary because one in three mums, wasn't it, are not yeah. getting sufficient sleep. Were they... Can we first ask why this research was actually conducted? What was the purpose of it? Yeah, so the research was originally conducted by Baby Love Sleep to have a look at the impact of children and their sleep wear and what they were wearing to bed um, and found that babies that were swaddled in a Baby Love Sleep sleep sack um, were sleeping better than their unswaddled counterparts. So um, it was sort of found by accident, the uh, results of the impact of the sleep deprivation on the parents that were um, studied. Um, But yeah, the one in three reported that it was impacting, not only impacting their bond that they had with their baby, but half of the uh, parents reported it impacting the relationship with their partner as well. So sleep deprivation is a massive issue yeah. and um, leads to sleep deprivation, I mean, sorry, leads, leads to postnatal depression. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as you know, you've only had two weeks of no oh sleep God. and <laughs> the impact that has on your work life, your relationships it's yeah it's a big problem yeah i can't ha- handle heavy, heavy machinery i can't even string a sentence <laughs> can't even say heavy machinery at yeah. the moment i'm just like, absolutely delirious. because it's it's really an issue then that affects the whole family unit i yeah. guess isn't it it's not just the baby not sleeping if everyone's not sleeping it it's you know can reach out into the broader house and I imagine make things very unpleasant. Yeah, it, it definitely is because I think um, you know parents are so exhausted and just even simple everyday tasks are so overwhelming. Mm. And if one parent, usually the primary caregiver, is you know up all night and whatever, and then the other partner's going off and going to work, and so when they get home, it's you know like the primary caregivers like throw the baby to yes. you know who's been at work all day because they just need a break, and then you know washing isn't done, dinner's not cooked, and the person working doesn't understand like what have you been doing all day I and today yes. that was a success. <laughs> I, I thought you were looking nice and sprightly that today. That was big deal. Do all babies at some stage go through one of these phases where they don't sleep or are they like unicorn babies who are just like <laughs> magic sleepers from day one? 
like are magical they? sleeping babies. I just assume those parents lie. Yeah. Are there such a thing? <laughs> well, I think, it's, um, again, it comes back to the expectations of yes. what you expect that they're going to do. And I think um, new parents have a false sense of security that they're going to bring their babies home and they're just going to sleep. Um, so I think it's nobody sleeps through the night. Even adults don't sleep through the night. We all sleep in sleep cycles. And babies' sleep cycles are 45 minutes. So in the initial <laughs> stages, if your baby's sleeping for 45 minutes in a nap time, you're doing a really good job. See, I had misread clearly because I'm sleep deprived 20 minutes and was like high-fiving no one because there's no one else home with me. And I've just realised I've robbed 25 minutes off my child's sleep cycle. So what's this 20-minute myth thing Yeah, I've so seen? I think um, probably they're maybe in the deep stage of their sleep oh. cycle for 20 minutes. But if we're um, often parents, you know, are just doing anything out of pure exhaustion to get their children to sleep and they're probably cuddling them to sleep or rocking them or patting them or shushing yeah. them or whatever. Um, and so they've probably already had 10 minutes of their cycle in your arms before you even transport them to the cot. That's if you transport them to the cot. Um, and then they go to sleep in the cot and then 20 minutes later they're waking up because they're coming into what they call their light stage or their, you know, their lighter stage of sleep um, to transfer into the next sleep cycle if they're able to transfer between cycles. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have a question about that rocking them to sleep mm-hmm. because as someone with no children, I like to develop very firm views on things about other people's children. <laughs> it's all what we thought we would do as parents. I know. <laughs> if I have kids, mate, I'm going to have some friends coming after me. But I spend a lot of time with my friends arguing with each other about patting the baby to sleep, putting the baby in, let it scream. Like, is there one answer to that question? There's not so much one answer, but as I said before, we develop what we call sleep crutches because we're willing to do anything to get a good oh night's God. sleep. I will sit on the couch all night. I will turn loud music yeah. on. I will exhaust my Dyson vacuum I, cleaner. Okay, confession. <laughs> Gina discovered by accident that the Dyson vacuum cleaner running put the baby to sleep. And this was a day where she needed a sleep and she hadn't had a sleep and something spilled and of course I had to clean it up before the dog went to eat and, and you know everything else crumbled and I put the Dyson on really quickly turned around and found the baby sleeping I discovered white noise that day yes, and right. that the Dyson delivered white noise and that you didn't actually have to clean while the Dyson was on <laughs> And blew the motor on my Dyson. So, so that was uh, quite an expensive lesson to learn when there's free apps on iTunes <laughs> for white noise. But I think it's really, I think what we believe is the most important thing yeah. um, at Sleep Play Love is that we need to give our children a sense of emotional and physical security. So white noise is one of the things that offers them that physical security. So setting up the sleep environment for successful sleep, making them feel physically safe by having the nursery at the right temperature, which is somewhere between 19 and 22 degrees for those parents out there that aren't sure. Um, Also having the white noise running continuously on loop so it's not cutting out after a sleep cycle when they come into that light stage of sleep and realise that something's different to when they went to sleep. Um, Also having the room dark enough um, or light enough, depending on how old the child is. Um, And also, yeah, as I said before, using age-appropriate sleepwear is really important. So in the first sort of from birth to four months, 
swaddling your child in a baby loves sleep sleep sack or sleepy hug sleep sack, what they do is they mimic the womb environment. So they give the child a sense of physical security and safety because they feel at home, yeah. <laughs> you know, in that fourth trimester. In a size that would fit a 37-year-old. Because well, I think that's, that's nice to me. I think that's better known as a onesie. Oh, oh I have them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I'll um, check it. One yeah. or the other. Like, it's strapping your yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. as important as it is to have swaddled them in that fourth trimester, yeah. as it is, as, as they developmentally change, they start to roll, then you need to change their sleep wear accordingly because yeah. then it can become a safety hazard if they can flip over to their front, which usually happens around that four months, yeah. is they can get onto their front, but they can't get back to their back. So they need to have use of their arms. Yeah. So if they've got their arms strapped down and they can't get back, then that can become a safety risk. Um, so yeah, so we need to change their sleep wear accordingly as they change developmental age and stage. Mm -hmm. So the baby loves sleep have a range that as they go through developmental changes, then the babies can, you know, change the sleep wear. Parenting sounds very scary to me. Seriously, Beck, I kid you not. When temperature, I like literally every measurement, every temperature is like recorded, and because you know she's got one of those little sleepy suits, like little sleeping bags that we put her in. But if like the other day, she threw up all over that, which I had to smell (laughs) for Panadol. But then the next one was a different like temperature level, so then I had to adjust the temperature for the bed. because as we learn in our baby safety class, you can't overheat the baby. That's it's right. highly dangerous. That's you don't right. want to be putting the child at risk of overheating. So, my God, you can understand why some people just hold the baby to rock it to sleep. Yeah. And that's what I mentioned before. There's so many factors. Yeah. So to say, how can I get my baby to sleep better is a very open-ended question <laughs> because it's not, I mean, I work with children from zero to seven years. So yeah. I wow. still have, you know, four-year-olds <laughs> in beds with their parents. I still have, you know, six-year-olds experiencing nightmares or night terrors or, you know, parents wanting to change a child from a cot to a toddler bed, wanting to night wean, wanting to, you know, get them out of nappies. Like, there's so many factors that wow. affect sleep. So, we really need to, I think, focus on what we can control yeah. and what we can control is offering them that sense of safety and security both in their physical and emotional environment. So, I think it's really, in today's day and age because we are so busy, often both parents are working, mm. um, and we've sort of forgotten about the bond and the connection and spending time actually bonding and connecting with our children. So you actually would, when we were just off air, you were talking about certain connection stuff because I was talking to you about one of my problems, which I'm about to share after this break. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters LGBTIQA and the number one. Listening to Family Matters on Joy, we have a wonderful guest tonight, Shay Cox, the baby whisperer. I feel like I have to whisper when I say it. <laughs> and we are learning all kinds of things about sleeping. Con, we're going to let you get a word in. Shay, I was going to say, one of the things that we sort of keep on hearing about is these misconceptions of what we should or shouldn't be doing with our children when they're crying. You're Greek, that's why. I'm Greek. <laughs> I'm Greek. So that's the thing. I can imagine my mum sort of saying, "Now, well, it worked for us when we bring up you kids, but we've sort of learned so much more since they bring us up as kids." Yeah. So, what are some of these misconceptions? One of them that we keep on hearing about is the cried out yeah. aspect. So, what's the kind of feeling about what 
should be doing about that nowadays. Yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a very controversial thing, and it's very much um, dependent on the individual and how they choose to parent um, and the parenting style that they have. Um, There's lots of you know, places that can help, whether you, like you mentioned before, Gina, around sleep schools, you you know, you've got private sleep consultants, you've got, you know, day stays, you've got week stays, you've got residential care, like there's so many options of, and I think it's just the most important thing is to choose something that suits your parenting style. So um, at Sleep Play Love, we don't believe in a cry it out approach at all. We We don't use crying as a way to get babies to settle themselves, as our belief is that if if a child's feeling connected and they've developed that bond with their caregivers and they have a, they have a sense of safety and security in their physical and emotional um, environment, then they're going to sleep better. We believe that if a baby's got to be able to release whatever goes in, we call it into their, emo- oh, sorry, into their emotional backpack has to come out, whether it comes out in tears, which is sometimes the case, or whether it comes out through a tantrum or whether it comes out through laughter. There's many ways that they can release these big feelings that they have um, but as far as a cried out approach um, cried out is crying releases a stress hormone called cortisol so um by crying, they're building up on that stress hormone. So usually babies, they probably will fall asleep after, you know, exhausted amount mm. of times because they're physically and emotionally yes, absolutely right. spent and they've got nothing left. So they may fall asleep, but um, we believe that um, we can get them sleeping in a much uh, nicer way for both the parent and the child um, in, by developing those connections with them. I'm going to jump in here and ask a question because... One, the crying out thing, I don't think I could ever sign up for it only because I have been with the baby when she's cried incredibly. Not only is that child releasing a stress hormone, but Gina here is releasing a stress hormone (laughs) and you are freaking the hell out. I'm going to try not to swear. Now, for me, it's a little bit difficult. So my partner is the birth mother and is breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and I am really fortunate that our baby is also bottle feeding express breast milk. But the baby has associated night sleep, going to, you know, you know, full sleep with the breastfeed. Now, my partner can't be stuck at home every night all night. She's had to go out for work functions. And I had one night where it was the first night she'd gone out. Bubba was a little bit sick. And I thought I'd be able to settle. You know, I did mm. the. We had the bath when we did. I did the massage, and I did the. Massage. You know, the bottle. Yeah, she gets <laughs> Does your baby live in a spa? I, I sing to her during bath time. As yeah. I say, you do anything to get a good night sleep. I do everything. Sleep. I give her a lovely massage, and then I give her a bottle. And usually, I sing the Sound of Music themes. I'm going to get Gina to come put me to sleep. <laughs> so, I kid you not. Sound of Music seems to just like work every time. But this night, no. Mm. She cried and cried and cried. To the point where, one, I called my parents to remove the evil eye. That didn't work. <laughs> I, you know... Good old Greek traditions. <laughs> yes, grasp any straws we can grab I to get this. I couldn't go out in the pram, so I pushed the pram in and out of the house. Didn't work. Didn't have the car, so I couldn't drive mm. her. Rocked Like, I did everything, Shay, to the point where I had to call my partner and say, come home now. Yeah. The minute my partner walked in, she went to sleep mm. on the boob. Yeah. So what do I do in this kind of how do i 
kind of fix this conundrum yeah, and why yeah. is she going to sleep? Like, my partner's like, what was wrong with you? Why couldn't you just... <laughs> like, I don't have that. Mine doesn't work that way. Yeah, so I think probably what you, you'll find is that the association with going to sleep for her night's sleep um, is associated with the breast and the comfort that she gets from the breast. So it's not necessarily that she's getting the milk from the breast because she's getting the same milk from the bottle. Yeah. Um, and so it's not the bottle because she'll feed from the bottle during the day. Yeah. Um, I would put that down to a pure connection thing. So she just wants to have that connection time with your partner. Um, might be that she's been out during the day. Yeah. Um, so I call it bookends. So though, for those partners that are working, it's really important that you spend some time connecting with your children before you go to work. Mm. And again, developing that reconnection when you get home from work. Yeah. So if your partner's come in and, you know, the baby's expecting to have the feed and have that connection time yeah. with your partner and get the comfort that she gets from the breast, she's not getting that same connection and comfort from the bottle. So it's a pure, it's purely a connection thing. It's nothing that yeah. you're doing wrong. Um, I take it personally. You know, and I mean, she'll settle yeah. fine for a nap with you. So it's, yeah. I think it's just she's got that association with, um, you know, the comfort that the breast is providing for and a big sleep. And that's quite normal f- for that to maintain because everyone's saying to me, oh, you need to stop that right away. She'll never be able to sleep at night. But... It's yeah. just, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, I mean, you could you could try on the nights at your partner's home yeah. and interchange it. Like every second night it's you try like the bottle and it. then you can just pull her yeah. in as the last minute, like <laughs> worst case scenario. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just really working on that, whether she has a chance even to connect before with your partner and then you try the bottle. But I think she's just using it as a purely, purely a comfort and connection that she's getting. Or we could go to Bunnings, get some oh. gaffer tape, and we could tape the bottle to your breast. <laughs> That's another idea. There are devices that you can, you know, there is co-feeding. There is yep. other things you can do. I did find she slowed this cry down when I put my partner's clothes around my neck so she, she could smell Yeah, that's partner. right, yeah. But I can't do that all the oh, time. Oh, you got yeah. some weird stuff going on yeah. in your Seriously. house, mate. I'm singing Sound of Music daily. Every the thing is, yeah, there are a lot of devices, like you said before, for those babies that won't breastfeed as well, that, yeah. you know, parents that have so desperately want to be able to develop that bond and connection that they think that breastfeeding brings, that we'll use devices like that to... My gaffer um, tape, maybe not. But quite. I think all they need to do, really, is just spend time connecting at other stages. It doesn't have to be around feeding. Wow. Yeah. Another thing... I know my friends fight about and I try to have firm views on (laughs) is co-sleeping. Yes. Now, I just freak out and think someone's going to roll over and squash the baby, but I know people do it, so there must be good ways to do it. Yeah, definitely. Can we pay the bills and then we'll come back and answer that question? Absolutely. The life issues that, well, um, matter. Family Matters on Joy 94.9. Family Matters. We are learning stuff tonight about sleeping. (laughs) But it's keeping us wide awake. The irony of it all. I'm Beck. I'm here with Gina and Con and our special guest, Shay Cox, the baby whispering legend. I'm making it longer (laughs) as I go along. I love how you say you didn't whisper. It's making me sleep. But it's like one of those words, like I hear whisper and I have to whisper. (laughs) Now, Shay, just before the break, I was asking you about the, should I say controversial or whatever you want to call it, idea of co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah, so co-sleeping, I think um, we're not opposed at Sleep Play Love. We're not opposed to co-sleeping. We very much are of the notion that if it's not a problem for you, it's not a problem for us. Um, what we really focus in on is if you are going to co-sleep, we need to do it safely. Mm-hmm. So um, baby safety is always our top priority. So whether it be, you know, bumpers on a cot or having things that could 
possibly be a suffocation, suffocation yeah. problem or whatever. So if you are someone that wants to co-sleep with your child, it's how we teach you how to do that in a safe manner. Um, and often it is done in an unsafe manner when um, I, you know, step in to help parents that are co-sleeping and they have a partner in a bed and they have doonas and they're feeding on demand during the night and it can definitely be a hazard mm. if it's not done safely. So, yeah, we've actually got a really good um, Rosemary Boland who mm. is one of the leading safe uh, sleep, well, safe baby safety sleep experts. We do have that podcast. We highly recommend you check it out. So many important um, st- tips especially about co-sleeping mm-hmm. and one of the highest risks they've recently found which is couch co-sleeping yeah. because people just think oh well it's not the bed mm. so it eliminates that right. but it's a high high risk of um, and that's right I mean there are you know yeah. on a couch there's yeah. a lot of issues yeah. bubs could fall off mum yeah. could fall asleep yeah. you know bubs could fall asleep and there's cushions exactly. and there's you know yeah. so it is very much uh, safety first safety yeah. is your first priority so if that's something that you do want to do make sure that you look into it um, carefully there are blogs on our website as well at www.sleepplaylove.co um, but it's really yeah really important that it's done safely if that's your chosen matter do people get stuck though if they're co-sleeping with their kid yeah. like you don't want your kid to be like 25 and still in the bed with you <laughs> like is that a problem well, I did actually meet someone the other day who's no. 14 year old is still no, sleeping I can't, I can't no. do it um, but not not because they were looking for my help I was just chatting to her mother wow. and um, she yeah said her 14 year old's still sleeping in her bed so it's again it comes down to a connection thing so um if you want to get them out of your bed as i can help you sleep them in your bed i can help you get them out of your bed um it usually comes down to you know like i had a um client recently that went on the you know went away with her husband for a wedding anniversary for a week and the grandparents babysat and then when they got home the four-year-old would no longer sleep in her own room and wanted to be with them so again it's call on anything i don't you know if you've got to be in our bed then as long as we're all getting a good night's sleep so be it um but then after you know 12 months of that they wanted the baby or the child out of their bed so i helped them you know with that and it's just about developing those connection tools again like and that's the big question for me it's like, at what point do you ask for help? Because, you know, you sign, you don't sign up to have a baby, mm-hmm. but, you know, you kind of are told you're not going to sleep well. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I was told that. I don't think anyone prepared me for the sleep deprivation that I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of think you know it, but you don't. Yeah. And I know the last two weeks I joke that I haven't slept, but I also know my baby's teething. And Mm -hmm. she went from sleeping really well at night to no day sleeps to us being told she must have day sleeps apparently Mm -hmm. to giving her day sleeps kind of (laughs) and that's reducing night sleep. So, you know... How do you, there are so many books, there are so many websites. How do you know one, what, like what is in their first year, what is proper sleep? And at what point do you go, actually might need to get some help at yeah. this point. Um, well, there's sort of a lot of questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but mine. I think it's very important that you use an age-appropriate sleep routine okay. for your child and I think it's really important that you have positive sleep associations for your child so they are felt they do feel safe Sound in their music. environment um yeah same I was Collingwood theme song for my husband <laughs> but anyway we won't go into that um yeah so I think it's really important that you have a age-appropriate routine in place and so does that change your baby's yes it does okay. definitely so the sleep requirements for a child change a lot over time so um what we've got to do is we've got it's more based on the amount of time the child 
child's kept up in between yeah. sleep. So if they're not napping for a long period in the day, like if they are cat napping, um, then they may need to not have as long up for the next stage yeah. that they're awake or whatever. So um, it's really important to develop those age-appropriate routines, which is where we can help. Or as I said before, it's really finding, I think, someone that is um, in line with your parenting style. So you've got to engage a professional that... Mm suits what you because if I say to you okay we'll just let them cry for 40 minutes and you're not someone that can let them cry out well I'm not the right person for you (laughs) Um, so that's where I suppose you make that decision but I think it's when you feel overwhelmed and you're feeling you know desperate for help and it is affecting your relationship one the bond that you're having with your child because if a mother's sitting in a dark room for eight hours a day which isn't uncommon in mothers that I'm working with they're sitting there and they're so focused on sleep and they're sitting in the dark and they're rocking and they're padding and they're shushing and they're, you know, soon you can see how postnatal, you know, postnatal depression kicks in. Because that's a a big misnomer. You think about when you say um, keeping it age appropriate, how Mm -hmm. often they sleep and during the day and night. There's the old concept, well, keep them awake during the day so they're tired at night. So that's mum and dad can sleep then too. <laughs> but that's obviously not the right way to be. Definitely not. you need to sort of look at the age of the child and work out what's, De- what's appropriate balance to yeah. have. Yeah, definitely. So I think, well, overtiredness is the main catalyst yeah. for... Yep. Tantrum. Bedtime yeah. resistance, yeah. overnight waking yeah. and early morning rising. So having an age-appropriate routine in place and they're getting the right amount, it's really important that they get the right amount of sleep at the right time. So if you let a baby sleep all day, well, they're not going to sleep yep. all night. So yeah. babies aren't born with a circadian rhythm. So we need to develop that circadian rhythm for right. them. So often parents start either start their day too late or yeah. finish their day too late or whatever. So the child's never in the right pattern or they're not getting enough sunlight or, you know, they don't know day and night when they're born. So they <laughs> got a friend who, I kid you not, does bright light and then takes them straight into dark. Bright light, straight. Apparently it works for them <laughs> the baby goes to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, don't know how, but... Yeah. Sounds like a dance floor. It's a bright light, dark light. So it is sort of, I suppose, that um, sleep promotes sleep, but it's also getting the sleep at the right time to promote the sleep, you know, the long stretch of sleep in the night time. So often with parents that I'm talking to, it's sort of like I, I, you know, it's very genetic as well. Like often sometimes early rising can come because their parents are early risers or like my partner loves going to bed early and I love staying up. I'm a night out. So at night he's like, oh, do you really have to work now? and I'm like I'm most productive from 10 to 12 like yeah. that's when I whereas he's most productive from 6 to 8 so for him to tell me to go to bed at like 9.30 is like me going to bed in the middle of the day yeah. so it's the same for our kids so we've got to work out those timings and what suits them to be able to develop those positive sleeps See my baby has kind of learnt that like her favourite wake up time is literally the minute my partner walks out the door to catch the train and it's like oh Morning. Time to start the but day. But I've, I've, I've taught her, you know, that she likes the sound of the coffee machine because mm-hmm. we get up and we grind the beans together. Mm-hmm. We make that into a game. Yeah. Press those buttons. Training this. You kid don't talk up. to adults a lot anymore, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my one chance, mate. Like seriously, I'm here. And I think the thing is too, like you just mentioned, then with yeah. the sound, with the coffee machine, and all yeah. of that. It might not necessarily be the sound of the coffee machine. It's the connection that you're having with yeah. her at that time. Yeah, you've got the you've got the eye contact. You laugh. Shot. You do the you know sound monster music. sounds. Yeah. You know you play with the ducky in the bath and it talks, or you walk into a wall and they laugh. So you do it again. <laughs> you know you do really 
really have to take your adult hat off when you're yes. parenting. You yes. know, it's all about, as I said, mentioned earlier, about that release of emotion. So if we can get them to release the majority of their emotion through laughter, it's much nicer for us than it, it is, is to, you know, hear them cry or have a tantrum or whatever. But that off-rail behaviour is very much a result of lack of connection. So if you've been on the phone for an hour to your friend and then you turn around and your child's drawn on the wall or something like that, mm. that's their way of saying, hey... Mum, Dad, you've been on the phone and I'm over here, remember yeah. me? You know, So we can't discipline them for drawing on the wall. We've got to yeah. look at, well, why did they draw on the wall? So it's not dealing with a behaviour with another behaviour. It's okay, they're screaming out that they want my attention. So that's the only way they're going to get it. She does get my attention all day and all night long. I love it. That's right. She's cute. She's kind of cute. I'll keep her. Yeah. I'll keep her. Shay, thank you so, so much for joining us. We've mm. learnt heaps. We are going to share your details in, on, of your website on our Facebook page and on the podcast of this episode. Any last tips for, for parents out there? Just connect with your children and develop that beautiful bond. And remember, yes. remember, like you said, remember why you had kids. You want to nurture that relationship and really, you know, bond and connect with them. It's really important. I haven't slept in two weeks, but I've also <laughs> laughed a lot because she's a... They're bloody hilarious. Yeah, yeah, They're very yeah. funny. And that's the thing. You sit and watch them now instead of watching telly. Or... There's a bit of telly still. We do, we do yeah. like Sesame Street and Baby Jake, but yeah, yeah. That's, for another, that's for another day. You're on mm-hmm. Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Family Matters. I'm Beck. I'm here with Gina and Con. On the line, we have another special guest. She's Fiona. She's from the wonderful Chicks Talking Footy every Wednesday night on Joy. And she is a recent graduate of sleep school. Welcome to Family Matters, Fiona. Pleasure. Pleasure to be with you. Now, we've just yeah. had um, a sleep expert on, so we are educated to the hilt. We're going to give unsolicited parenting <laughs> advice, mate. So. Even more than I already do. Now, <laughs> Fee, you've recently been to sleep school. I have. Tell us, what is sleep been. school yeah. and did you do well? Um, well, you probably need to picture the big brother house with <laughs> lots of babies and families. Is it's it kind of like that? Is it so <laughs> sleep school? So I've I actually don't really know what it is. I first I saw your Facebook post where you said you were accepted. Is there like an audition <laughs> process? Is there an application? Is there a <laughs> waiting a list? Style. Yeah, I know. So do you have to apply? Um, and then what does it look like? Do you stay there? How long do you stay? What is it? Um, okay, so you you it's not like an application as such, but you have to um, get a referral from a doctor. Oh. So we went to a sleep school called Twiddle, and um, it's a publicly run sleep school, so it's all covered with Medicare, but you have to get a, um, a referral from your doctor. And um, you do go through a bit of a, a process where they assess you, but it's just questions about what's going on. And then we were staying in the sleep school, so it's like a big house with all these bedrooms and a communal <laughs> kitchen and communal play area. And you literally stay in the bedroom, the cot's in the other room, and you get coached at night for for four nights in a row. Oh, wow. So there's all these people, these sort of specialists walking up and down the hallway, <laughs> even at three, four o'clock in the morning, telling you what to do. So go, okay, well, he's woken up and he's not settling. Um, go in there, tell him to lie down. If it doesn't work after three times, you say, Mummy's leaving, you need to lie down. 
you know, they're mainly coaching you the whole time about what to do. So, oh wow! Um, In my head, Fee, it's like Rocky, <laughs> like they're following you around with a towel around their neck. And a whistle, yeah. like, jumping up and down, going, you can do it, Fiona, you can do it, you get in there, you show him who's boss. Is it like that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, um, <laughs> it's, you know, they patch up your split lips and all that sort of stuff. No, it's it's um, it's um, actually really good. Like, we we feel like we took home a different child. Really? Yeah, it was quite amazing. But what? Because I can imagine you you've gotten to the point where you, you go, okay, we need sleep school, and all the other families there with you are probably also at the point where they need sleep school. So I'm assuming nobody's really the most friendliest they've ever. You know, it's probably not their best selves coming. We're all sleep deprived and angry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so is. What's that like with the other parents? Because, you know, great, you've got the specialist there dealing with the emotions of the child and how to put that to sleep. But what then happens between you and other people? Like, were were there other rainbow families there? Did you have to make sure you were going to be safe in this space? How did that Um, look? Well, we were the token lesbians, but um, (laughs) there was, yeah, there was some some interesting characters there. There's no doubt about that, um, that we're probably getting... You know, a lot of extra help as well. Um, so you're in, you're in amongst a lot of different family situations. So there were some challenges with that. Wow. Uh, and then, yeah, my Facebook post, I might have referred to some of that and then I had to quickly delete it when they <laughs> wanted to be Facebook friends with me at the end of the week. <laughs> so um, do, you, do you feel like you've taken the things that you learnt there home and you, you do a different routine or a different sort of system now? Yeah, well, basically, basically what they do is they're coaching you in how to train your child and um, being consistent and on the same page with your partner and all of that sort of thing. So um, it's really just about setting boundaries and sticking to them like you should be. But what happens with babies when they're not sleeping is it's two o'clock in the morning and you can't be stuffed doing anything yeah. except getting whatever's going to get sleep. Yeah. We've so learned about that tonight. Bad habit. Yeah. It's a, yeah, called a sleeping yeah. crutch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Give them whatever they need to get to sleep. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's short-sighted really because then, you know, you end up developing some really bad habits that aren't good for you for any of you in the long run. Um, so co-sleeping wasn't working for us at all. We never wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah. We just kind of caved in. Um, also, he's very dummy dependent, so we were going in and, um, you know, having to go in and give him his dummy back I'm every couple of hours. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the one getting up doing that now. Oh. Yeah. So, so one of the that? things they, well, he's a bit older now, so one of the things they said is don't put the dummy back in his mouth, put it back in his hand. So he's learning to put it back in himself. Mine's learned to fling it across the room, so I'm literally <laughs> trying not to turn on the light on my hands and knees, searching the carpet for this dummy because I don't <laughs> want to wake her even more by turning on the lights. I've heard you can get glow-in-the-dark ones, though. Wow. So. Yeah, and get little tiny torches or use your phone torch. <laughs> I didn't even think so. I'm learning. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Baby so. hack. So how's your partner doing? Because you're away at the moment. I assume getting the best night's sleep you've ever had for for some work styles. I was in a hotel for two nights and you might as well have given me a million (laughs) dollars. But um, as soon as I went away, he got conjunctivitis. We basically set the week up so that he was in childcare an extra day. Um, Renee's mum was coming down to look after him. We were all going to be pretty cruisy, really, even though I was away. But then he got conjunctivitis. 
Uh, so he couldn't go to childcare. Then he got a cold, oh. and now his molars are coming out. It was just—it's been the week from hell. Oh. Um, so, and I've been up here, which is nice. But anyway, um, <laughs> swings and roundabouts of parenting. I'm sure there is. I'm sure oh, you can send so, your partner Renee on a holiday when you get back. Just to revenge oh, is the word I call she's it. Earned, yeah. She's earned a bit of time off there. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but mate, what was yeah. what was the thing that you said? Actually, no, we must go to. What was the moment you go? No, no, we need to do this now. Well, my partner's an insomniac, so and I have. We, we always joke that narcolepsy hooked up with insomnia because I can <laughs> I can nap. You know, any you know, I can be walking down the street and I'm tired. I have a nap. Um, so. It, I was just watching her generally getting worn down and worn down and um, what we were doing just wasn't working. So after months of that, it just got to the stage where we have to do something about this and we know that we can't quite do it on our own and don't have the confidence and the strategies to do it on our own. So I decided to make some calls and reach out and just do it. So wonderful it's, um, and it's and it's also like giving them a gift of sleep basically yeah. they they, yeah. they learn to have this beautiful lifelong skill of sleeping so awesome well thank you very much for joining us Faye. we're going to go and let you have a nap now <laughs> okay yeah. get an early night i'll, I'll, I'll just nap right here if okay. <laughs> beautiful thanks mate speak to you soon bye okay bye you're listening to Family Matters. I'm Beck. I'm here with Gina and Con. Now, to finish up the show, I just wanted to reflect on some news we've had this week, and that is the uh, the unfortunate demise of the relationship between Emma and Lockie from the Wiggles. It's so sad. Oh, it my is gosh. What, what are the colours? Blue, uh, purple and yellow. Purple and now, yellow. Now, they had a fairy tale wedding. It was beautiful. But it is over. And what I thought was, as a family lawyer, it might be a good opportunity for me to give them a little bit of advice about... Big red car. Well, yeah, about what to do with the big red car. Who's getting there? But I thought um, what I might do is just give them a few tips for early on in their separation, some of the things they have to look at. So one thing I'd suggest is particularly given they have to keep working together in their business, which is happens in relationships, I'd like them to go to some mediation just to work on Good some idea. strategies to relate to each other. Um now, they don't have any kids of their own, but they have millions of kids in a way. Australian children. I want them to sit down and talk to the kids together about their separation so they're on the same page. There's no mixed messages. I'd also suggest they go and see a child psychologist together to go and get some advice about how to tell the kids, but also what sort of arrangements there can be with the kids <laughs> now they've separated them. They need to talk about some of their interim financial arrangements, who's going to pay mm. the rent or the mortgage, who's going to pay the loan on the big red car, who's mm. going to use the big red car. Mm. Who's going to pay for the hot potatoes at the supermarket? All those sorts of things that early on can cause a little bit of trouble. Um, I want them to start getting their financial documents together. So their bank statements, their super statements, all those sorts of things. Because they're going to have to disclose all that financial information to each other. So I want them to start getting that information. I want them to maybe go and think about seeing a psychologist, each of them themselves, just to make sure they're on the right track. I Sep- hope Nanny has a host is good in that space. Is she? Yeah, Separation can be really hard and they just need to make sure they're really healthy. So I just thought 
there's some little bits of advice I thought that Emma and Lockie could could have. And look, the number one piece of advice I give them is go and see a lawyer, get some legal yes. advice, such as myself. They could come down to Nichols Family Lawyers, and if they say they were referred by Family Matters, what do they get back? I'll give them half an hour for free. So, oh, Emma and Lockie, or anyone listening, <laughs> they're my tips and and some suggestions about where to go. That's the thing. They have to come out to a nation of kids. Correct. It's complicated when there's children involved, Gina. Well, that's it. How, how do you explain divorce to, well, a lot of kids, dinner part, you know, dinner conversations are going to go Well, hell. that's right. Actually, I read a tweet that said, parents of toddlers around the country will be fielding uncomfortable questions about divorce tonight. Here's a script I've planned. When a yellow wiggle no longer loves a purple wiggle, then this is called divorce. It doesn't mean they don't both still love you. Oh. Oh. And you know what? We love you. We love you. We love we you, Con. We Thank love you, Gina. Thanks, Beck, too. Thank you, Beck. Thank Loved you, Shay. It. Thank you, Shay. Thanks, Thank Gina. you, Fiona. Shay's still outside because I'm going to just take her home now and she's going to help put the baby to sleep. Gina, you're holding that card tight that I Shay's know. giving you. You're going to be using her. Totally. <laughs> totally. Thank you for listening to us. We've been Family Matters. Have a good sleep. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.